everyone, and welcome to Reading with Christine Figs. I'm your host, Christine, and I am so happy you are here with me today. In this episode, I'll be talking about my most recent read, Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Rivera. This episode is a tough one because reading this book and how I came to even find out about it was an experience that has brought up so many emotions, some that I've had to work through pretty much my entire life and haven't really spoken about with many people. The book is phenomenal, let me start with that, and we'll definitely get into it, but let's start at the beginning. I love Brene Brown. (laughs) Everyone in my life knows this, and she has a podcast called Unlocking Us. It's my absolute favorite, and on it, she has guests talk about a wide, wide range of topics. She's had singers, scientists, doctors, Dolly Parton, Barack Obama, Oprah, (laughs) and of course, authors, which is where I first heard the name Gabby Rivera. I had no idea at all who this person was and was therefore intrigued, but also pretty nonchalant about the whole idea of her being on Brene's podcast. Author Gabby Rivera is a Bronx-born Puerto Rican lesbian that grew up with strict parents, a large and loud family, and is quite the nerd who loves to read. And needless to say, there was a lot that I could relate to right from the beginning. During the podcast, she talked about her book, Juliet Takes a Breath. She talks about being the first Latina to work with Marvel. She helped write the America Chavez comics, who you can see on the big screen in the newest Marvel movie, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I'm a comic book nerd. Blame it on my brother. (laughs) She also talked about her upbringing and, of course, what it means to be Puerto Rican living in the United States. During the podcast, she says, I'm still trying to figure out what it means to be a Puerto Rican from the Bronx living in the United States. My family didn't use the words displacement. But as I explore the relationship between the United States and Puerto Rico, that migration to me is like a big displacement. People could no longer really survive on the island. And so you get pushed into the Bronx, and that story itself wasn't often really shared with us. I never was old enough to ask, why did we come here? Because coming here was part of accessing the American dream, right? So I got stories about the American dream. And what I got about being Puerto Rican was definitely through food. When she said that, it felt like a deep breath. Like someone else understood parts of me that have gone unsaid. My family's Puerto Rican, a fact that we are all incredibly proud of. But there's so much of our story that goes unsaid. Like what it must have been like for our grandparents to come to the state so long ago. Most of them staying to raise their children and one heading back to the island only to return for the occasional trip. But that American dream life shit, that's real. You work hard and when you think you can't work any harder, you do. You go into work early and you stay late. You show them over and over that they made the right decision in hiring you. Because as my dad has always pointed out to us many times, when it comes to work, everyone is replaceable. So whether it was said out loud or passed on through action, the lesson was, we are so lucky to even have a chance at the American dream. So you better make sure you earn it. And you should be grateful for every single opportunity that comes your way. Truthfully, I'm embarrassed to not know more about my own family's personal history of coming to the States. The older generations have a tendency to not want to talk about the past, which has always made me think that it clearly wasn't the easiest of times. But what they have passed down with a beautiful ferocity is a love of family, dancing, and food. (laughs) That is who my family has always been at its core. Whether things are great or shitty, whether we're talking to each other or not, there will always be love. There will always be music and dancing, and there will always be food. On the podcast, Gabby goes on to say, 
bear with me because there's a tiny little Spanish saying in here and speaking Spanish makes me really anxious for a whole long list of reasons that, uh, you know, Gabby can actually relate to. So we're not even going to get into that, but let me say what she says. My grandmother, my father's mother, Amalia had a saying, I mean, it's a common phrase, but she'd always say, donde cabe diez, cabe once. So it's like, if you can feed and fit 10, you can feed and fit 11 and 12 and 13 and so on. There's always room for more. There's always an extra plate. No one was ever turned away in our family. That's my family. (laughs) Growing up, we would typically have 30 people for every single holiday. And that was only family. Throw in boyfriends, girlfriends, or just friends. And before you knew it, our tables were filled to the brim with people and laughter. Puerto Rican food is delicious. That's just a fact. It's filled with spices and ingredients people don't really use all that often if their families don't come from the Caribbean. But the most important aspect of being Puerto Rican to me has been the sharing of that food, of saying, come sit at my table. Here we are all family. It's easy to see, given our background and upbringing, why I related to Gabby so much. But nothing made me love her more than when she started talking about her own podcast, Joy Uprising. She has made joy a huge part of her life, something that at the start of the new year, I I myself had decided I was going to actively seek and also show gratitude for when I found myself in moments of it. So when she said, no one has ever told me my joy is important, so it must be the most important thing. It must be something that people are actively trying to keep from us. It must be something that I honor and cherish and protect and show up for. It is the thing that heals me, right? It is the thing that got me out of bed when I had no hope left. The simple small joys combined with the intentional healing and the joy in that healing. That has helped keep me alive and kept me together and has allowed me to be so full that I can offer and share. Oof! When I heard that while driving to work that morning, I paused the, podca- paused the podcast and just sat in her words. No one has ever told me my joy is important. So it must be the most important thing. I mean, that'll make me emotional right there just saying it. She's right, of course. And what I've now learned to be her Gabby way in that sentence, she gave us a little life raft to hold on to when life wants to tell us otherwise. Our joy is important. It deserves to be cultivated. You want to work hard and leave your mark on the world in whatever way you see fit. Great. Do it. But don't forget to experience joy along the way. Dance every time a song makes you want to move. Eat delicious food everywhere you go. Nap when you've had a long day. Fuck it. Nap when you've had a short day. (laughs) Hug the people that light your soul up and tell them that you love them every chance you get. Travel far and wide, but also see the places close to your home with fresh eyes. Go for a walk. Put cinnamon in your coffee. Wake up a little early just to watch the sunrise or stay up extra late so it feels like you're the only person on the planet. Have a picnic in the park. Wear the fucking crop top. (laughs) And in my case, let's just throw it in there. (laughs) Buy the book. Buy all the books. (laughs) Do every single thing that you can think of that brings joy into your life. Because when you look back on it all, that is what you'll remember. Gabby Rivera took feelings that had been sitting in my soul and gave them words. She gave them flesh and bones that I could hold on to. Yeah, can you tell I'm a little obsessed with her brain? (laughs) Okay, let's finally dig into this book because I know that's what you're here for and I can't wait to tell you about it. The description goes like this. Juliet Milagros Palante is leaving the Bronx and headed to Portland, Oregon. She just came out to her family and isn't sure if her mom will ever speak to her again. 
but Juliet has a plan. Mm, sort of. One that's going to help her figure out this whole Puerto Rican lesbian thing. She's interning with the author of her favorite book, Harlow Brisbane, the ultimate authority on feminism, women's bodies, and other gay-sounding stuff. Will Juliet be able to figure out her life over the course of one magical summer? Is that even possible? Or is she running away from all the problems that seem too big to handle? With more questions than answers, Juliet takes on Portland, Harlow, and most importantly, herself. Honestly, that's the whole story. (laughs) But also, it isn't. I'm sitting here trying to think of parts of the story that you should know without spoiling anything, but it's all there in the description, and yet it's not. Here are the facts. Juliet is a lesbian that is trying to figure out her place in the world and how she fits in it. She's from a strict, loving, wonderful Puerto Rican family that she couldn't imagine her life without because they made her in more ways than biologically. She's decided to go away for a summer to intern for a white woman that has written a book on feminism that has felt in many ways to Juliet like her Bible, mainly because no one around Juliet has ever talked to her about the topics Harlow does in her book. But before she leaves, she knows she needs to be honest with her family and tells them the truth of who she is. And sadly, as in many stories of our LGBTQIA community, it doesn't go as well as she would have hoped. So on the heels of her big announcement, she finds herself on a plane headed to Portland, a place her family hasn't even heard of, to find a few more pieces of herself. And as most of our stories, it goes exactly and not so exactly how she had hoped. Life is more complicated than we can usually predict, and it's the circumstances we find ourselves in that usually reveal who we've been all along. If only we had given our chance, ourselves the chance and permission to shine. That's it. That's the whole book. And yet again, it's so much more than that. I had actually started this book a few weeks ago, but I read the prologue and then immediately closed it because I knew this book would be a moment. The way Gabby Rivera writes the pol- prologue, which is the letter Juliet writes to Harlow in the hopes of convincing her to be an intern for the summer, it's poetry. It's elegant and beautiful and raw. I read it, then said, nope, <laughs> and closed the book until I was ready to give it the time and attention it deserved. When I picked it back up, I was reminded of how this story would ask the questions and address the issues young Christine had to work through herself. And well, let's be honest, some that grown Christine is still working through. In that very same letter at the beginning of the story, Juliet writes to Harlow in reference of her book. It's definitely a reading from the book of white lady feminism, and yet there are moments where I see my own brown ass in your words. I wanted more of that, more representation, more acknowledgement, more room to breathe the same air as you. We are all women. We are all of the womb. It is in that essence of the moon that we share sisterhood. That's you. You wrote that, and I highlighted it, wondering if that was true. If you don't know my life and my struggles, can we be sisters? Can a badass white lady like you make room for me? Should I stand next to you and take that space, or do I just push you out of the way? Claim it myself now so that one day we'll be able to share this earth, this block, these deep breaths. Yep, like I said, poetry. <laughs> Juliet, Juliet went on to question herself, the people around her, the truths people told her, the lies she told herself. I've never really liked the description coming of age, but this book felt like it. She spent that summer really questioning everything she was taught to believe about herself and others, deciding on what fit and what didn't. 
Growing up in a Puerto Rican family, Juliet and myself didn't have a lot of conversations with our family when it came to sex and sexuality. So just like her, I went in search for answers on my own. Throughout the book, she learned about pronouns for the very first time. She learned about polyamory and different types of relationships one could have with themselves, with their family, with their faith, and with each other. She learned constantly, taking it in and comparing it to what she knew growing up. Some of it made sense, and some of it made her actually say out loud, whoa, (laughs) which always felt so real when reading her reactions to some of the conversations she found herself in. So much of what I've learned from the world is what I taught myself, and I'm still learning. That's not in the slightest bit to be said as something against my parents. It's just that sometimes if it's not right in front of you, you think it's not important to discuss. I think had my brother or I been a member of the LGBTQIA community, then maybe we would have had different conversations as a family. But all that was ever said growing up was a promise that no matter who we were, we would always have a home. We would always be loved. Something that still makes me emotional because I know that's not the story for so many people. It was Juliet's biggest fear when she came out to her parents. But like most parents that are uneducated about certain topics, like those of sexuality, they don't always know the best way to discuss them. And therefore, kids are left to find the answers on their own, which is exactly what Juliet did. She had conversations about race, politics, and religion. It felt like everywhere she turned, she met someone new that could teach her a little bit more about the world. And as she learned, her eyes opened a bit to so much that she had never seen before. At one point, she says to Harlow, everything is like that in this world. It's heavy. To which Harlow replies, heavy as a huge set of beautiful ovaries. Get a little hysterical, Juliet. I mean, that's why vibrators were invented, right? Ask the questions that make you feel like your heart is blasting out of your chest. Society, government, white supremacist power structures, blatant hatred of women, and a whole slew of other institutions are working together to make it so that you gotta dig to find out even a shred of truth. They don't want you to dig. That's how the world is set up. It's conversations like that that Juliet found herself in that made me take a moment to think. I could tell that the conversation was revealing layers of herself and the world to Juliet, but it was doing the same to me. I related to her in so many ways none more than in her relationship with her family and culture. She constantly talked about not being enough to so many. She wasn't straight enough for her family, lesbian enough for the gay community, cool enough because she was and always will be a nerd, wide enough to those not in the Latin community, and of course, not Puerto Rican enough to everyone else. She struggled with that. I'm sorry, she struggled with so much of what kids growing up in the Latin community in a very white world struggle with. There are so many other amazing women that Juliet meets in this book that I would love to share some of the conversations she has, but I don't want to ruin the story anymore for anyone. I feel almost protective of this story. Like I want everyone to experience it, but in their own way, on their own terms, and with the respect it deserves. Gabby Rivera put what seems to be all of who she is into this book. You feel it while you read its pages. You feel the certainty and confusion most young women live with every day as they try to figure out who they are. And because of that, it's so powerful. One of my absolute favorite lines of the book comes from Juliet's Titi Penny when she says, And as for you, Juliet, you are your own person. If liking girls is a phase, so what? If it's your whole life, who cares? You're destined to evolve and understand yourself in ways you never imagined before. And you've got our blood running through your beautiful veins. So no matter what, you've been blessed with the spirit of women who know how to love. Oh, 
Talk about another line that makes me emotional every time I read it. Because in the end, that's what matters. Go, figure out who you are. And if you change your mind, that's okay too. Just figure it out on your terms and for yourself, never for anyone else. And in Juliet's case, as well as my own, and maybe yours as well, if you're doing this while standing on the shoulders of women who love you, remember that you've already been blessed in more ways than you know. I clearly loved this book for so many reasons, but especially because Gabby Rivera made young Christine peek out and smile because there was someone else in the world that understood trying to find yourself, understand yourself, love yourself, all while coming from a large, opinionated, loud family and being beautifully, majestically Puerto Rican. You can find Juliet Takes a Breath in my online shop, Reading with Christine Figs. The link is in my bio, and I hope you will give it a shot. The world needs more writers like Gabby Rivera, and when we find them, we need to cherish them, support them, and thank them for taking a peek inside our chests and shining a warm light on who we are inside. In lieu of sharing some art today, because I've already gone on for long enough, I will be sharing links to Brene Brown's podcast, Unlucking Us, on Spotify and Apple, and of course to Gabby Rivera's podcast, Joy Uprising, available also on Spotify and Apple. I hope you'll check them out and remember that your joy is the most important thing. All right, that's all for now. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and you stay tuned for the next one where I talk about my current read, The Truly Devious Trilogy, written by Maureen Johnson. So until next time, I hope you read. And if you can't, because that's just how life goes sometimes, I hope you enjoy some art in whatever form you find it. Because when life gets difficult, it is art in all of its many forms that can hold us, heal us, and give us hope. I love you all. Happy reading.